Welcome to Essence to Essence uh, Insights, uh, Project Vortini. This is Saratova Best, based on the book of Dr. Zelenko, Essence to Essence. And we are in the chapter called ABCDD, Dominance Hierarchy. And here is the question. Here's the question. He starts off by saying, life is not fair, and all men are not created equal. People are not, people, life is not fair and people are not equal. And he's really saying, and, and we know that as children and even as adults, it's a tough one for us. Life is not fair. And we've heard our parents say it to us when we were children, nobody likes hearing it. Life is not, and, and, right? And she got more than me or the teacher likes her best or whatever it is. And people are not equal. And that's a tough one. And when you think about it, if that's something that Hashem put into the plan for a good, really good reason, not because he has some kind of a silly sense of humor, God forbid, but essentially he put it, the question is, he put it into the world for a reason. Since the beginning of time, he created it that way, very, very, very much from the beginning of time. And the question is, why? Why? And how can we like it? How can you be happy about the fact that life is not fair and people are not equal? So I actually want to jump to um, a little line in the book. I'm reading this book, Mindset, by Carol Dweck. She's talking about, you know, the fixed mindset, the growth mindset. And she's saying that she always thought that, that nobody likes problems. And the best you can do is kind of tolerate a problem or, like, to have a better attitude. Some people are, some people are just, some people have a very thin buffer that when there's a problem, you just, uh, you know, get upset very, very fast, okay? That's when you see, um, how do you know, the people who smoke cigarettes right away light up a cigarette when they're frustrated or right away drink a coffee or right away um, go for the brownies, the cookies, any of that stuff because go to their favorite soothing activity because nobody likes feeling frustrated. So she figured that um, she was, she decided she was going to try um, puzzles with kids. And she said the first ones were pretty easy, and then the next ones were har- harder. And the students were grunting, and they were sweating, perspiring, and she was watching them because she wanted to study what they were doing. And she figured that different ones would cope with the problems differently. But she saw something that she didn't expect. She said there was this one 10-year-old boy, pulled up his chair, rubbed his hands together, smacked his lips and said, I love a challenge. And then another boy who did something similar. And she thought, what's wrong with them? I thought that all people, some people are just a little more mature about, about problems, about challenges, things that they can't solve. In other words, they're sitting in front of, they're sitting at a table, and they have a puzzle to figure out and to solve. And they can't figure it out. So the one with the short whatever were like, ah, it's a stupid puzzle. I hate this stupid puzzle. And they'll throw the puzzle against the wall. That's at one extreme. And then they get punished and they get sent out of class and all that. And then there's the, there's the one, and we do it as adult, adults too. You know, uh, I fell off my ladder chair by trying to uh, be determined to uh, paint uh, paint a part of the wall 
right near the top and, you know, I was determined to do it. <laughs> but I don't stand on those chairs anymore. So you're thinking, what do you do when you face this frustration of like, ah, it's not going. It's not going. And she started studying these children and seeing that there were different mindsets. There's what she calls a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. The fixed mindset is like has to be a certain way. And when there's when the challenge gets too hard, you just ah. And then there's the growth mindset that's excited about the process. The fixed mindset wants all the ducks to line up, and the growth mindset is excited about the challenge, about things not being lined up. See the difference? Is excited about things not being lined up. So here, Dr. Zelenko is saying that ever since the beginning of time, Hashem made it that way. He right away with, you know, the sin of the tree of knowledge, Shade Asa Das, he created it, the things were, you know, for the first few hours of creation, basically, or for that first week and the first few, few hours that man was created, things were sort of lined up, and then boom, everything fell apart. And now there's no good without bad and no bad without good, and things are just, you know, it's life is good, then it's not good anymore, then it's good, then it's not you feel Hashem's presence, then you feel he's left, then you feel he's there, then you feel he's left. Revelation, concealment, revelation, concealment. And Hashem did this on purpose. He gave us, so to speak, these challenges. He did this on purpose. Ah, excuse me. I'm sorry. Why? That somehow is the mechanism through which we get to purify and fix the world. He made the world a broken world. It says, Nora Lilal Bnei Adam. He, he, <laughs> we have a little noise in the background here. He made, he made the world broken on purpose. It says, Nora Lilal Bnei Adam. He pushed Adam Harishan to, to make a mistake, so to speak. Adam and Chaba to make a mistake, so to speak. To eat from the, the Eitzadat, to eat from the tree of knowledge and to, um, create a, a, bring, bring the opposite of life into the world forever. Rather, I, I shouldn't say forever, until you might the Mashiach. That he introduced finitude, the, the opposite of life, by doing this, by eating from the tree of knowledge, he internalized, not just the understanding of the difference between good and bad, the confusion of good and bad, that's what they ate, that's what they internalized, that's what they swallowed, the confusion. So that they put the world into a state of constant confusion. Uh, yeah, okay, I noticed some of that confusion. Um, I can't say I don't notice it. I, I, I challenge anybody to raise their hand and say confusion. I don't see any confusion. The confusion of good and bad. That's what we live with. And so... Hashem really, he took his, his infinite light and he contracted it all and made a world. And he said, in this world, I'm going to be revealed, concealed, revealed, concealed. And somehow through all of that, we're going to bring the world to perfection. It's a big, it's a big task. So with all of that, you know, he limits everything. So I want to just focus on, and by the way, he makes things, Revealed, concealed, revealed, concealed with something that's called the Kayachagvul. The, the finite light that animates the world is called Arhagvul, this light through which Hashem, Hashem contracts himself and he makes a world with this light. 
this finite light, it's then divided into things like there's a chair, there's a tree, there's a sidewalk, there's a car, there's a fence. That comes into being. A chair doesn't suddenly become a tree, and a tree doesn't suddenly become a chair because of what's called kayachagvul. Everything is created distinct. And that's for the purpose of us working in this world where everything's exact. You know it's a chair, and it's going to stay a chair. It's not suddenly going to turn into a sandwich. It's going to stay a chair. So here's the question that we want to actually end on with this. That when Hashem contracts the world, he, he, he contracts his light and he decides to make a world. He starts off with a bunch of worlds. He starts off with a world, so to speak, what's called, Dr. Zelenko says, a quasi-world called Adam Kadman, and the next quasi-world is called Akudim. Okay. etc. And here's a very interesting thing. And in this world, this quasi-world called Akudim, there are ten lights in one vessel. Now, let's just talk about, and pull this all together with the idea of lights and vessels. Okay, when you have an amazing, deep, rich red wine, and you have a very porous, beautiful, expensive white tablecloth, and you start to pour the wine, and somebody forgets, they move their hand too quickly, and the cup, the becher, is not underneath the wine that's being poured. What happens? What do you mean what happens? disaster. You can never, the dry cleaning won't even work for this tablecloth. That's it. They throw it out. Or they have to spend $25 on some specialty dry cleaner. Whatever it is. This is a kind of fabric of tablecloth that you can't wash it, you can't launder it, you can't anything. You just ruined the tablecloth. Or maybe, let's take a better example. Um, you put the Shabbos candle on, you know, on the table on this beautiful white tablecloth, but you didn't put cups under kind of the dripping wax and the dripping oil, so it drips all over and it ruins the tablecloth. There we go. We have a, many examples of that. Too much of that stuff coming down from above, too much of the wax or the, the, the light, too much of the wine, and there's no vessel. And it creates a disaster. So, what are we saying about all of this? Today we live in a world where there is so much light. It's expanding faster than we can imagine. And it's overwhelming. And maybe if you're 25 years old, you're excited about all of it. Although, I think if you're 25 years old, you're excited about the technology but you're not so excited about the spiritual light that's expanding at the speed of light. I think if you're older, you're more excited about the spiritual light that's expanding at the speed of light, but not the technology, because it's more than you can handle. We had an electrician a couple of years ago. He was in his mid-20s, and he said, I can't even keep up with technology anymore. And I thought, he's, a, he's an electrician, and he's 25 years old, and he's smart, and he can't keep up. I feel much better about myself. So, here's the question. This idea that life is not fair and it's not equal and the opportunity, there's some are more luminous and some are much darker situations that we confront. And all of this was created by Hashem to give us the opportunities to work in this world and fix it.
So here's the life skill that we're going to get out of this. And I'm going to read these words. The Arizal says, remember we said, in the world of Akudim, there are ten lights in one vessel. Imagine that. Ten lights all in one vessel. It says, I think, in Devarim that, um, and maybe about Tisha B'Av, I think, ten women will bake in one, bake their bread in one oven. Ten lights in one vessel. In fact, you are an example of ten lights in one vessel. You have ten aspects of your personality, the ten Esarchites and Nefesh, the ten spheres that come from the ten spheres, etc., etc. You have ten soul powers, and they're all concentrated in one little you. All those ten soul powers that you have that come from Hashem, the divine ten soul powers. Yours are called ten Esarchites and Nefesh. And they come from the ether spheres. What Hashem's soul powers are called spheres. Ours are called kaichos and nefesh. And they're all concentrated in one little person, and that's called you. So we can relate to this world called Akudim. Ten lights in one vessel. That's me. That's you. Ten lights in one vessel. That's a lot of light for one vessel. So that means we're going into Yemaisa Mashiach, I'm already overwhelmed just reading these words, you know. Oh my goodness, I have to go to sleep. It's, I have to take a, I have to take a rest after this. I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't know. I'll eat chocolate. It's too much. Ten lights in one vessel. That's me. No wonder life is so challenging. So the Arizal says a very interesting thing. When you have an imbalance of light and not enough vessels, like in the world of Taihu, a lot of light. Not enough vessels. Do we see that in the world today? Yes, we do. The light that we see is, wow, all the miracles. And there are a lot. You have to keep your eyes open and you're going to see them. The darkness that we see is also very concentrated light. Like, oh no, there's a war in the Ukraine. That's actually light concentrated and contracted into what looks like darkness. But there's a lot of light coming through that. And even all the obvious miracles of how people were not harmed physically and people were safe and it was uncomfortable. Many, many, many miracles and way more than we even know the story behind everything. Socially, politically, spiritually, etc. So what we're saying is there's a lot of light. The light of Mashiach is coming down into the world fast and proliferating and expanding in the most unbelievable way. How do you know? Just look at technology. You can't, you know, I'm a I just pray for the welfare of my phone. It's so ridiculous because as soon as the I, you know, if I give away my iPhone 8, if I don't, you know, they're going to give me some iPhone 24 or whatever it is, I am not going to know how to use it. Right? We know that they're just, you know, they're just going to make it that I won't know how to use my phone. I won't, I don't want to get to the point where if I, I don't know how to open the door of my car and I don't know how to start the car, and I don't know how to drive, and I don't know how to fill it with gasoline. Like, I don't, you know. But in a way, that feels like where we're headed. So much stuff coming down. And all of that technology and proliferation is the result of the light of Mashiach. Just expanding and and blossoming at lightning speed and coming down into the world at lightning speed. How fast can I make vessels? So I'm going to give this very visible example, and then 
and then sum it up. So imagine that we have, we, we work in an office, let's say we work in corporate America, and there's this big water cooler. And one day, it's 10 a.m., and somebody says, oh, no, there's a crack. Somebody went to, you know, they took the spout, they picked it up, and it broke off. And now the water's starting to drip out of the water cooler. And they just put a fancy new expensive carpet, and, and they just redid the ceiling on the floor below us. We cannot let this drip. And nobody has buckets. It's an office, etc. So what do we do? What do we do? Oh, it's like in when Zadie was young, they there was a a, a fire in Morris K. Blister's pencil factory, and what happened? Sydney, Sydney's bionic seltzer truck or whatever it is took all the bottles of seltzer and they put out the fire. Right. So I'm saying going going back to corporate America. What do we have? There we have a situation where the water cooler broke and the water is starting to pour out, you know, trickle out. What do we do? We need vessels. We have a lot of water coming out. We need vessels fast. There's so much water. Quick. What should we do? Get cups. But then we run out of cups. It's just dripping out slowly, but we're going to run out of cups. And we can't go out to buy them. Do you know what you could do? And here's the principle. Well, okay, let me tell you what you can do, and I'll tell you the principle. You take a cup, you pour a bunch of water, let the water go in, put the cup, there are a lot of freezers in this place, put the cup in the freezer, and now, you know, with a certain shape, and now the water will freeze, and the water will become a cup in itself. Now, you take a bunch of these, and, you know, you just stick some foil in the middle. The water freezes. Or you maybe you do it, you put it into a bowl or something like that that's, that's shaped in a certain way. And the water becomes, it freezes and it freezes into, into a cup. Now you have more cups. Where did you get the cups? From the water itself. The water was the problem. And the water ended up making itself into cups. And then, you're, you know, you can't use those cups for tea, but you can use it to eat ice cream out of. So it's a very interesting concept. Here And here we're going to, together with this. Yarizo says, the formation of this one primordial vessel comes from the light itself. The light itself creates the vessel. From the thickening of the light, the vessel is formed. Who says that? Oh, in Ayan Base. Right. I guess the Rebbe Rashad says that in Ayan Base. From the thickening of the light, the vessel is formed. This thickening of light is induced by God using his power of limitation, which has been dormant, and the light is thickened or congealed into a newly formed vessel, right? And then all the worlds come from that. So, what is the life still we're getting out of this? We really kind of, most of us feel kind of overwhelmed by, we're going to call it light, we, we we tend to call them problems or stuff, overwhelm. I find overwhelm to be a familiar emotion. Um, we're overwhelmed. There's a lot of stuff going on. Even for the person with the simplest lifestyle, there's a lot of stuff to deal with. That stuff is an expression of the light. Some of it is concealed light, and some of it is revealed light. 
Maybe you're making a bar mitzvah and a wedding and a sheva brachas and a Shabbos kala and a, you know, so that's a lot of brachas, but it's a lot to deal with. And you would just got the job as the principal of the high school, etc., etc. These are all, this is all nice stuff. It's all light. It's all revealed light. But it's a lot to deal with. A lot to deal with. So we feel like, and I don't, I don't have enough kayak for all this stuff. What am I going to do? So says the Arizal, don't worry. All that stuff, the light, you're going to get vessels from the light. From the problems, the solution is going to be created from the problems. The solution will be created from the problems. It requires that we say, Hashem, you can't fool me. The Yarizal said that the that the vessel comes from thickening of the light, from congealing the light. The solution comes from the problem. I know it, Hashem. In the midst of this problem, you're going to produce an out-of-the-box solution. I know you're doing that. What me worry? I right. I read. I learn the result, and that's and that's the life skill. And therefore, we can say, going back to what he wrote at the beginning, life is not fair and we are not all equal. Life is not fair because the process of revealed, concealed, it's easy, it's hard, it's easy, it's hard, it's easy, it's hard, it's hard. It's not fun, but it enables us if we step up, as we said in the other chapter, Cain didn't step up to becoming a bigger man. He shrank down and became a small man. If we step up to becoming a bigger man or a bigger woman, a bigger person, a godly person, say, Hashem, we're working on this together. Problems, you're going to make the solution from the problem. I'm, I'm here for the ride. Let's go. And we start trying to work on that frequency. We step up to becoming a bigger person. We're going to start to see the miracles of the Gula. And from there, may it be, Zelva Wolf, uh, Zev, Ben, Ben, um, Aaron, and we should have, find ourselves in the Gula, Mitis Vashlema. No more problems, only solutions, only revelation, no more concealment, immediately now.